Welcome to the Safety with Purpose Women in Safety podcast. This is a show that provides a supportive space for women in safety careers. We break down the barriers and provide opportunities for growth. Make sure to hit that subscribe button to be notified of new episodes and join us at safetywithpurpose.com. Now, here's your Women in Safety podcast host, Tamara Paris. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining another episode of Woman in Safety. I've got Tracy Rouse, the president of Alabama Safety Products, and Shrieker Patel, who is a health and safety manager at Bartech Ingredients today, joining us. We've got a great conversation in play right now for you to listen to. We're going to be talking about our relationship with distributors. Why is it so important for us to be making a partnership? Have you signed up for Safety Connect yet? If not, head on over to industryconnectsafety.com and you can register today. Welcome to the show. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you, Tamara. I want to ask you about, you know, what kind of uh, relationships and partnerships do you think is important for an EHS professional to have with their distributor and manufacturers that they're dealing with. Tracy, why don't you kick that off? Okay. Um, I think the relationship between a distributor like our company and an end user or a safety manager of a company um, would be vitally important. I think you need to get to a point where there's a lot of trust um, between the two parties. Um, we as distributors know that we always have to provide quality products, um, you know, the utmost in customer service at competitive prices. We understand, particularly as a small distributor, that we have to compete with the national companies. Um, and so I just think that once um, we've been doing business with an end user for a number of years and they learn you know, that they can trust us if we tell them we'll have it tomorrow. If we quote them a price, we build them at the correct price. Um, we provide the service to back up those products. You know, many times we get a call from an end user saying, hey, here's the issue. I know I need something, what's available. And it's our job to go out and find the correct PPE um, for that particular job application. So um, I think just learning, you know, who you can trust and who you can depend on you know, probably as in many aspects of life, um, I think that relationship is is vitally important to us as a distributor. Yeah, I fully trust with you, whatever you say, Tracy. And, and, and beginning from my career, I actually made a simple statement in my life saying that if you want to buy a certain safety product, which is actually kind of, you know, you're buying a shield for the people you're working with. And trust, that, that's what I heard very frequently from you, is really, really important between a supplier and the end user. Along with that, I believe uh, technical competency and the communication plays very, very important role. And as I'm, I, I work in the chemical industry uh, since beginning, most of the time I spend in chemical industry, I always see the supplier or distributor as a, a catalyst in the reaction. So basically like the acid and the base, for an example, if the chemical one, chemical two, cannot react or cannot give the outcome or the product until they have the reactors. And that's what the role a distributor can play. Basically, they have to they have to make sure that they get the right product 
available at the right time to the users and build a long-term relation. So basically, whenever there is a problem, they should turn around to a particular distributor because might be they know that they have the technical competency that can bring up the solution, whatever they need it for their operation or whatever the activity they're doing. So what you're really saying, uh, Patel, is that our distributor, we should be really looking at them more of a solution partner. I just want to make, make it simple. Uh, looking at the 21st century, when you can actually buy anything from anywhere through the internet, the distributor actually has to play a different role because if I want to buy a PP, I can still go to any N number of websites and just put an order and it will be shooting up at my desk. But I need a person who, who tell me based on what I'm doing could be the best solution I have. And that might not be available on internet. So uh, I still remember one of one of the kind problem what I had when we had, uh, we, we dealt with a fire incident back back home when I was working with a company, we're making a wind turbine blades. So we were looking for a solution which, which actually makes sure that it replaced acetone. And a kind of a challenging one because uh, I don't see uh, acetone was the cheapest chemical available in the market and nobody want to change it because it is, it is really effective in terms of the cost. But one of the distributor, I just had a throw a ball to him saying that, hey, I'm just looking for something, can we replace acetone as a product and something. He literally spent a few days to understand the product. He got some samples. He talked to his contacts. And uh, I think I believe within a month or two, he got a sample from all the way from U.S. That's kind of a, a new product which just came out in U.S. And they, they sell that product as a, as a green acetone. So we tried that material and eventually we replaced it within a year completely in the process. And the bigger part, so basically it is actually a chain reaction. Once we did it, the same company was actually operating at that time in 15 countries. So when they found that acetone can be replaced by this and could have been taken off many problems, they actually hired that distributor to supply them internationally on multiple locations. So uh, that was really great, Patel. Uh, I really understand where you're coming from, like as a health, another health and safety pro professional, about having that person who can help us kind of figure things out a little bit more about what products are out there to help us kind of shield our workers. And I was interested, Tracy, in hearing from you from your side of the coin, because we don't usually get to hear a distributor's perspective. Can you share some examples about when you've been a, a solution partner? Absolutely. We we feel like we do better with solution-based selling. So not just going into a customer and saying, hey, here's what we have. We go in and say, what do you need? Um, and as with, you know, many of our customers, we're seeing a lot of cutbacks, um, a lot of people wearing you know, two and three hats. And so if we can go in and partner with them and try to help them identify some of the problems or the hazards um, and then try to help them find the equipment or the um, protective clothing um, that will work the best in that application, keep their employees safe, then they just, it seems like it makes for a better relationship with the end user. Um, we will oftentimes have an email. I mean, every day somebody will say, I'm using this chemical. Um, I need, can you help me figure out what material 
um, we should use in order to um, protect our employees from this contaminant. And so we can go to our manufacturers. Um, I don't think, and, and we can ask them, you know, this is what we're using. This is the concentration. This is, you know, how it's being used. And they'll help us identify the best protective um, um, apparel for that application. I don't think, as Patel alluded to earlier, I don't think you get that level of service when you just go to the internet. I think you're just going to the internet and ordering something online. Um, I think the part that we play and the important part is that we can bring uh, the expertise and the to the table uh, for the end user. Um, I think oftentimes customers, you know, right now I'm getting customers saying, you know, our production is down. We need to save money. So I'm going in and saying, what what's the application for this glove? And then I'm going back to my manufacturers and trying to find a glove that will offer the same level of protection, uh, the same comfort for the employee, but maybe would provide a cost reduction for that end user. So I don't think you get those types of service activities when you just buy off the internet. So I think those are vitally important for us as a distributor. Um, and, and a lot of times it's what even, you know, entices an end user to talk to us to begin with. If I walk into a new customer and they know they can get it off the internet, but they know that I can provide the extra services um, with those products, then, you know, maybe they're more likely to give us a shot at their business. And I mean, one of the things that you touched on there, and, and I found a very, at times it could even be a barrier in order to be getting stuff, was that um, you're really understanding not just the product, but also the challenges that we're facing inside our work, workplaces when we're trying to shield our employees. Patel, do you find that too, that sometimes it's hard to find distributors that have a real comprehension about what we're needing to do in our workplaces to shield people in actual work? Well, yeah, it's quite quite often we can see that basically, but it's all dependent on how we communicate our problem in detail to the distributor. But even though in some cases, what I have seen, as some of the people, or some of the distributors, they don't have the range, what, what, what we need to expect it in terms of supplier or the problem or solution provider. But I have seen many people also have a smart move. For an example, if I, I, I'm, I talk about uh, hearing protection, and if I need some innovative solution, some of the distributors have a good partnership with the uh, biggest, like 3M and others, they, they just bring them in. But a special technician from, from the manufacturer itself. And it could be a good partnership between distributor, manufacturer, and the user all together can find out a better solution, for sure. I really think that th there needs to also be some sort of training, health and safety training for people who are selling products so that they have more of an in-depth understanding about all the areas that like we do need to be compliant to things that we also have certain standards that we're, we're having to look up to. And Tracy, like as a distributor, do you have that? Like, is this something reasonable that people could be looking for? We are a member of safety network and um, that's a buying group and they, uh, facilitate a lot of training through um, that organization. 
between the manufacturers and the distributors. So you're absolutely correct. It's vitally important that we are, um, we have a good understanding of the OSHA compliance issues in the States, particularly, um, that are out there that are facing the end users and that, um, that we understand, you know, the products and the, the technical aspects of, um, what, what works best in each application. And so what I'm hearing you say is that as a safety professional, when we're vetting possible vendors, the, we should be also be looking at these sort of um, areas as well. What is their knowledge within the understanding OSHA and the standards and, and all those other um, more health and safety aspects that we're looking at implementing from our roles as well, that that's not unreasonable? No, it absolutely isn't. And just the fact that um, as a small company, we have two outside salespeople and three inside salespeople. Um, and we all have experience in the area. So if I don't know, if I've not seen that application before, I can go back to the manufacturer and talk to them. Um, but I may have, having been in the doing this for so very long, I may have run across that application in another end user location and I can say, well, this worked or this didn't work. So I think experience, um, training, um, all both those things are vitally important to our end user relationships. Patel, you're a more seasoned health and safety professional. And not only have you worked in Canada, you're new to Canada, so welcome, but you've also worked abroad. So you've actually had exposure um, buying from distributors in different places. What kind of guidance as a, as a more seasoned professional would you give to those just entering our field when they're looking at um, who should they be doing business with for distributors? Well, basically, health and safety, that's, that's actually, whenever I, when I started working with health and safety, I can simply say that it's, it's, it's not a profession which just binded between two books, a two binder of a book. So when you want to make a relationship with anyone, I would, I would definitely look at the problem first and we'll try to study that who are the, the bigger, bigger player actually providing the solution for different kind of problems. So for an example, it's become an unwritten rule for me. It, maybe it's based on experience, but like, for an example, if I need a PPE, I will definitely look at the biggest like 3M and others to make sure that if they have a solution, I can blindly trust on and get them. And actually they are available across the globe anywhere. You just have to find out a 3M distributor, right? But it's also important that you try to understand the local market. You try to understand the distributor within the country and try to understand that what are the very specific products available in compliance with the local regulation. In most of the cases, if you're buying a PPE, which is NIOSH or other international standard approved will be acceptable. But in some cases you might have to look at the local standard and that's where actually you get the reference from where you should buy the particular PPE. And people are really running into some of these problems right now um, because I've had a lot of people reaching out to me and asking me questions. Like they're trying to buy masks. They're trying to buy gloves, et cetera. And um, 
you know, there's a lot of scamming going on out there and people are, aren't really sure how do I vet? Uh, and these are more new, new, um, safety professionals. Like how am I supposed to be vetting people to make sure that the masks that I'm buying for my company are actually safe. And so one of the things that comes to my mind is I think it's really also important that your distributors are able to support the products that they're providing out. Uh, Tracy, maybe you could speak to that a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think we've all been faced with that recently, um, just trying to find sourcing um, for products that aren't available. You know, many of the products that we have sold for a number of years have been directed to healthcare um, because of the COVID crisis. And, you know, that's completely understandable. So, um, we found ourselves trying to find new sources for products such as masks or um, disposable face shields or um, exam style gloves, items that are used not only in healthcare but also in industrial applications as well. Um, it's just a very difficult task to find, um, you know, a trustworthy source that is going to provide a um, FDA approved mask. Um, we always ask for the spec sheet on the products if it's someone we're not familiar with. We were hoping and um, it came to fruition that some of our current manufacturers would get in to the sourcing of the mask and, and gloves and disposable face shields, the things that, that we're needing currently for our end users. And they did. And so um, it's just really important that we choose good sources for those products, that the products meet the specifications that they should. Um, we've been faced a lot of times with people saying they can find a less expensive product. And, well, you know, maybe that's because it hasn't been certified or it doesn't have an FDA approval. So, you know, there are those cases out there. It's just important for us to make sure that we as we always have provided a quality product, not just, you know, some fly by night person trying to, you know, make a buck on the current situation. So I think that, you know, requesting specifications from the manufacturers, requesting samples so that the customers can see it before they purchase it, those kind of things, those are all um, part of our agenda when we're trying to provide products for customers. Yeah, and this can happen to to any organization. You know, I remember that um, here in Canada, part of our government had gotten masks and what showed up was was not sufficient. And so they had to send them back. So it's, it's not a reflection on you as, as an EHS professional um, if you don't know what you don't know, but what we're really hoping today is kind of provide some knowledge to help when you are vetting, what kind of things can you be looking for? Um, Patel, do you have any experiences either yourself or somebody that you know, who's kind of unfortunately gotten into the situation where their distributor wouldn't be supporting products and, and what happened in that? And situation was basically like our operation actually it itself required people to wear N95 mask and it was completely gone out of the stock. We tried every source, whatever we had to get it. 
But when we ended up with the wrong one, that's actually the problem. What you just said about uh, mask, maybe I can specify it as a KN95 mask. We receive a lot at higher price and actually it was nothing worth to have it. Like we don't have any kind of technical specification available. It was not having any manufacturing detail. Even though Canada do have the details showing that approved manufacturer for KN95, it was not even part of that. But as, as we have, we need a, some level of protection rather than nothing. And we just ended up using that mask until still we are struggling to get N95 mask for our operation. And that's not an unusual story. I've had so many other people um, mention this to me is that they, they, they were thinking that they were going to be buying the N95s and something totally different showed up. And I think this is kind of reinforces, you know, when you're in crisis, it's not time to just kind of hop off and find anything on the internet. I believe this would be a time that you would even pull stronger on that trusted relationship. I agree. I completely agree with you. Yeah, I can speak to that just a little bit. As of late, we've not done um, a lot of business in the past with healthcare facilities. Uh, our customers are more manufacturing, industrial, um, those kind of end users. Um, we, uh, a hospital went to one of our, a hospital in Maine went to one of our manufacturers' websites and found our name of our company and telephone number, I guess, and, and they called. And um, I just began trying to find things for them that they needed. Um, there was a time in April where it was very difficult, you know, for us to get thing, uh, shipments from our manufacturers and people were out of a lot of equipment because a lot of the PPE was going to healthcare um, facilities. And so we just began, you know, I was asking, what, what do you need? And I would go and try to find it for them or say, we don't have exactly that, but we have this and I feel like it would work. And um, we've really developed a pretty good relationship. They've become a really um, good customer of ours. She wrote us a really nice letter, uh, an email this week, just saying how much she appreciated us trying to help her find source um, the required PPE for their employees. So um, I think providing those kind of services and going a little bit extra to help people, um, you know, certainly is an advantage in the future. I think we'll probably continue the relationship with that end user. You know, we'll probably work with them long after this COVID crisis is over. It's, it's kind, kind of a time we never seen, like across the Canada, we never seen such kind of pandemic. So it was actually hip hop everywhere. Everyone was trying to secure themselves. It's not only about the KN95 mask or PPs or about everything like hygiene product or everything. But I would say the most important thing where, where might be a distributor can play a more very important role, kind of giving a very early and uh, realistic numbers to this manufacturer or suppliers to make sure that the demand has been met. So in some cases, not specifically to this scenario, but like I have seen in some cases, the forecast about the requirement of safety requirement has been completely completely wrong in terms of when we reach to manufacturer 
and they were they were not even aware about the, what exactly a user is required. So over there uh, might be a, a link between the manufacturer and the user, and that's the distributor has to has to give a very clear, updated, in detail information to manufacturer could have been helped to solve the problem in easier manner. It does make things easier when you have somebody else that you can be kind of checking in and gaining another perspective because Tracy, you've been in this business for a long time and you, you work with a lot of different um, parties out there. How long have you been doing what you've been doing? Since 1992. And you own your own company, don't you? Yes, ma'am. I do. How did you start Alabama Safety Products? I think back in the early 90s, there weren't as many big national companies, and I graduated college and worked for a phone company and kind of got into their safety department a little bit and learned a little about OSHA compliance and some of the issues that they faced. And in my hometown, there wasn't a um, safety equipment uh, distributor. There were industrial distributors, but no one who specialized in safety. And that just seemed to be, um, I liked uh, the wholesale distribution market because I had worked my way through college for a wholesale distributor um, and kind of always thought about doing that because I enjoyed the market. Um, there wasn't a safety distributor um, between Atlanta, Georgia and Birmingham, Alabama. I had an opportunity to move back to my town, my hometown, and um, just kind of went around and talked to um, the customer base and said, if there was a safety supply company here, would you buy from them? And they said, yeah, because we're having to, you know, back then the internet wasn't, <coughs> you know, a, a viable resource. So um, folks said, yeah, if, if there was someone local, we would do that. So um, I got a small business. Um, an SBA loan and started up and, you know, we just kind of moved forward from there. So um, a lot of end users have given us opportunities to work with him, with them and, um, you know, afforded us opportunities that um, I'm very grateful for over the years. Very cool. Very cool. Patel, how did you get into health and safety? Oh, <laughs> you want, really want to hear that? <laughs> Maybe, maybe not plan at all, but uh, when I completed my schooling, like I was just sharing with some friends what they're going to do. And they were talking about some general stuff and being, being maybe an innovative or maybe curious person since beginning of childhood, I always try to do something different. So I remember that's 2001 and that's back home in India. They just started environmental science as a course. That's the graduation one. So I thought, let's give it a try. And it might be something different than maybe maybe doing geology, geography, or something very common. I started getting interested in environmental science. I did my graduation in that. And I followed with master. And then I started working with the environmental professional in the company. But like within a two years, I realized like only being in environment might not help me to grow further. And then I started learning health and safety along with. And once I feel that I had hands-on experience. I just tested myself by giving CSP and CRSP in 2016, where I, I, I self-certified myself saying that, yeah, I, I believe I can have enough knowledge about health and safety along with environment. 
and I just throw myself to Canada and after that. Well, we're almost at the end of our time, but I wanted to ask if there was anything the two of you wanted to really share with our audience before we go. So from my point of view, I believe health and safety, I always consider is kind of a profession where you don't need to be expert in one thing, but actually you should have information of many things altogether. And definitely coming back to a very specific point when you want to provide a solution, uh, just just don't try to comply and close a gap. Like for an example, if I receive a problem and I need to solve it within a time frame, and then my job is done, you will never get succeed about it. You actually have to put yourself in place of the worker who are facing the problem. Try to try to understand in detail exactly bits and pieces of everything what they are facing. And once you did it properly the most important portion will be then you can communicate the problem very clearly to the distributor or supplier who can give you the right solution after that. So it's specifically important for health and safety person to understand the problem in detail. And it should be something like solving the problem at one, like a root cause need to be addressed at one time for sure. So that's, that's, that's a very important learning I had so far in my career. And I'll just, um, kind of add to that. I think that at the end of the day, we're all trying to keep people safe. So I'm always aware that the people who are using the equipment that we sell or the clothing that we provide or the monitoring equipment that we provide are going home at the end of the day to their families. So it's vitally important that we do our job to provide the best equipment um, the most high quality, um, the equipment that is best suited for that application, because you're really just trying to keep a person safe while they do their job. You're trying to give them, um, all of the tools they need to do that job and keep them safe so that at the end of the day, they can go home to their family. So we're just always mindful that it's just another person just like us. Um, and we just need to do our best to keep them safe. Um, while they're doing their job, just the same way you would want someone to treat a member of your family, I guess. Yeah, I've always said, much like Patel was saying, that, you know, as a health and safety professional, we are a resource in order to help um, the employees maintain a safe workplace and environment for them to do their role in the company. And so this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you both of you for coming and joining in on the discussion today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for having me. I hope that you enjoyed that episode of Woman in Safety. If you're looking for the show notes, please navigate over to safeopedia.com and you can now find it all under the podcast tab under Woman in Safety. Have you signed up for our Safety Connect Virtual Conference Expo yet? If you haven't, please head over to industryconnectsafety.com and you can register now. It's going to be October 2020. It's going to be a real expo with virtual booths for exhibitors that you can walk virtually to and talk to them about their products, as well as listening to industry speakers like Andrew Sharman. Until next time, stay safe. 
Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the Women in Safety podcast. Thank you for clicking the subscribe button and sharing it with others. Make sure to visit us at safetywithpurpose.com for more safety leadership and industry discussions.